Hey, everyone. So today we're going to talk about 13 reasons why modern marriages fail. But before we do that, a couple of quick announcements. So I've talked a lot about why cancel culture is a great reason to become a Patreon supporter, but there's actually another one. The more subscribers I have, the fewer commercials I need. You've probably noticed that thus far we're largely commercial free, and I'd like to keep it that way. In order to do that, I need listener support. So if you're an avid listener of the Suzanne Banker Show and you like that it's commercial free, please consider becoming a monthly subscriber. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast and you'll see the red button about a quarter of the way down the page. Again, that's SuzanneBanker.com forward slash podcast. Also, I just want to remind you that I now have a YouTube channel where we upload weekly short videos that are designed to motivate and support you in your journey to a happy marriage and a happy life. Just head on over to YouTube, type in my name, and when you see my channel, hit subscribe. That way, you'll be notified the moment a new video has been uploaded. Finally, if you or if someone you love is single and wondering where all the good men have gone, you are going to be thrilled to know that my new book, How to Get Hitched and Stay Hitched, a 12-step program for marriage-minded women, will hit the shelves August 31st, but it's available now for pre-order. This book is a game changer for any woman who's unhappily single or divorced. It is the detox women need to reject the lies they've been fed by our culture when it comes to men and marriage. It's about what you really want versus what you've been told you should want. And it's about what's true of men and marriage versus what you've been told is true. To pre-order the book and to read more about it, just go to howtogethitched.net and you will find all the information you need there. Again, that's howtogethitched.net. And now on with the show. From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value, but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. Okay, guys, so I wanted to come up with all the reasons I could think of that modern marriage either fails or really, really struggles. One of the two. Fails meaning, you know, ends in divorce, obviously, or simply struggles beyond belief and needs help getting through. Uh, there's These are in no particular order, by the way. They're just the ones that I could, the, the ones that I, you know, that came to mind and it, it, they kept coming to mind. So the list got a little bit longer than I anticipated. But at any rate, here we go. We're going to go through them. Ready? Number one. Too many young couples do not understand the meaning of marriage. Now that might sound kind of, I don't know, vague, but it isn't. It's actually really significant. And rather than do the email of the day at the end of this, which I usually do, I'm going to actually do the email of the day now because it speaks specifically to this number one reason. So I'm just going to explain what I mean using this email. Unfortunately, I, I failed to get the gentleman's name who wrote this really smart, great paragraph describing the difference between sort of the modern value system of marriage and the more traditional one. And so if you're listening right now and you recognize your words, I'm so sorry that I didn't get your first name. I did, however, read it and copy and paste it onto a Word doc. So um, I have that at least. Okay, quote, this gentleman wrote, the problem is 
that women, well, actually he says feminists, even the more moderate ones, but I'm going to call that just women in general, modern women. So many of them have uncritically accepted Western individualistic values and view each person as having his or her own individual life projects in a competitive arena. In contrast, the Judeo-Christian marriage slash family model views husband and wife as a team, as a union of two half souls with common life projects. Its value system places successful parenting and successful transmission of values to the next generation as the pinnacle of human achievement. Being successful fathers and mothers is immensely more important than becoming a CEO. Individual achievement is not the end all of life, but exists in dialectical tension with individual sacrifice for the greater good of the family and of society. But people nowadays are so enamored by the dogma of extreme individualism and materialistic competition that these more spiritual unions, or excuse me, these more spiritual notions and values are foreign to them. And I couldn't think of a better way to describe what I mean when I say that so many young couples today do not understand the meaning of marriage. Because, of course, the genuine meaning of marriage is, as he describes, the Judeo-Christian version. But that's not because religion has taken a nosedive and things have changed so dramatically away from family and onto the self and the needs of the self. And we're so materialistic that the whole purpose of marriage and what it was designed to do got lost in the shuffle. So you have these young people going in without that um, framework. And of course, that's why they're flailing about because without that framework, there's no common goal. You're just two people living these separate lives, which is why your monies are being kept separate, so many of them, and why their relationships are more competitive rather than complementary. And they're going to continue to be that way as long as you don't understand, as long as you um, view marriage in a way that isn't, it's not designed to work with that mentality that you have in your head. That's why it's not working. It's not really your marriage per se. It's the way you're viewing it that's causing the problem. So if you were to adopt that more Judeo-Christian model, you will find your marriage problems sort of magically disappear. So that's the first one. Do not understand the meaning of marriage. Um, change your view of it and you'd be surprised at what's going to happen. Number two, this one's, if you follow me, this is going to be, you know, very obvious because I talk about it all the time, of course, and wrote a whole book on it. Men have become feminized and women have become masculinized. So because we've stripped away the inherent natural differences between the sexes, which are nature born or God given, however you wish to view it, what couples end up doing is trying to hold back the tide, right? They're, they're holding back nature. They're attempting to do that and create this new, and this sort of goes with number one, but it's a little different. Trying to make something fit that doesn't fit. It's like the square peg in the round hole. It's just not meant to go in the way that they're trying to do it. And so your relationship becomes again, more competitive rather than complementary. So again, it's not so much, that all men, the bottom line is there has to be two energies at play. That That's it. And while sometimes you can reverse those with success, sometimes it's really very rare. Nine out of 10 times when you attempt that reversal, things happen that um, you can't make sense of because you're going in it thinking that men and women are quote unquote equal. And 
you've done that by eschewing your femininity and dissing masculinity and not understanding that these are the things that are going to make your marriage work. If you speak to his masculine nature, understand men and how they operate and vice versa. If a man understands why a woman does the way, does things the way she does them, why she thinks the way she does, and you don't try to match that or have the other person think and behave in the way that you do, you are going to have luck. You're going to have a lot more success with your marriage because again, marriage isn't meant to be two men and two women um, unless, unless one of them has a, uh, a completely different energy that they're bringing to the table. So in fact, you'll find that even in homosexual couples, from what I understand is that there's always one that, um, you know, has, is more masculine and one's more feminine. And so that just goes to show you that it, you cannot be the same. You just can't, it's not going to work. Number three, modern marriages are, well, this one is specific to women. Actually, I would say women in modern marriages have ridiculously high expectations, just off the chart expectations. And, you know, I think a lot of that is sort of part and parcel of the first couple of things where if you don't understand what marriage is, you end up having to supplant what it's supposed to be, which is this common goal um, of raising a family together and having that be far more important than whatever you do individually. You, you end up needing meaning somehow um, or you're lacking meaning, sorry. So you're looking for something that the marriage can't provide. And that is these insane expectations. One person can't possibly provide all these different things that you want. And I specify that to women because men just don't think like that. They're just much simpler in nature. They have simpler needs. And once the needs are met, they're good to go. They don't ruminate or extrapolate or think about what they're missing typically obviously not always, but typically speaking, that's just not how their brains work. So that's one of the reasons why sex, I think, and again, I've mentioned this before, I know I need to do a whole episode just on sex, but where women will need more and want more in that department over time, as opposed to a man who's still happy to just be able to get any, if you know what I mean. It, the scene doesn't have to be set just so. That's a really big difference between long married husbands and wives. You might you might remember my right talking with Bettina Arndt in an um, an interview. If you're a YouTube listener, you can go back and find this on YouTube, um, where we talk about woke women. And she asked me about the husband store and the wife store there because I had um, uh, posted something on Facebook it wasn't my thing. I was posting something that had actually, it's been around for a couple decades, but it's the description of the wife store versus the husband store. And the husband store has um, these levels and women, every level they keep wanting more and more and more and more. And then they, you know, the top floor exists to prove that women can't be pleased or whatever. And then you go into the husband store and there's like two, two floors and that's all they need. Um, th this is, it's, it's not new per se, but it's gotten ridiculously worse over the last 10, 15 years as women in particular have been fed this cultural crap that they, you know, should shoot for the stars and never settle for anything less than the best and have this amazing life where, you know, your guy looks like this and acts like this and, you know, all this stuff that is creating a vision for them that is not attainable. And so the only place to go from there is to be disappointed and that's the problem with high expectations. You have them, um, 
and then invariably when they aren't met, you, the only the only thing that happens that can possibly happen from that is disappointment. So I always say is the secret to happiness is just not having any expectations. And so I think I said something to that effect in my Facebook post. And of course, people went off the rails thinking I meant that, you know, your husband should be able to do anything you want. Just have, you know, you don't have any expectations of him. He can hit you. Um, <laughs> just ridiculous, ridiculous things. But obviously, that's not what I mean. You just just stop expecting things. You can hope, you know, get your get your basic needs met and 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 learn how to be satisfied with that and not expect more than is reasonable for any man or human to deliver. Um, oh, another, another thing that's kind of, that falls under that category of high expectations is expecting how you're expecting spouses to react the same way because of this idea that men and women are the same or, or equal or what have you, and that there's no differences and there's no masculine and feminine energy. So everyone's supposed to act the same way and respond. And then when they don't, you fly off the handle. So I'll give you a great example. I was um, gone for a few days this past week and my cat had changed positions. Anyone here who, who's got a cat or two knows that cats move around. They feel like they find a spot, they hang out there for a few days, maybe a week, maybe two weeks, and then they need a new spot. And in my absence, he had found a new spot that I hadn't covered with a blanket, which I like to do. So the hair doesn't get all over the couch. And so that means that for several days he'd been on this couch without, or with on this chair, sorry, without a blanket. And so I had to take the, you know, hair thing, the lint remover over and over and over to get all the hair off. Well, if I had been home, I would have noticed that he moved and was sitting there and would have put the blanket there so that I didn't have to do that. But my husband is not going to notice where the cat is sitting at any given time. That's just not something that's on his radar. And that has everything to do with him being a male. And women are in tune with all of these goings on around them, around the home. And men aren't. And so if you are mad, if you expect that he's supposed to think in the way that you do, then the natural reaction would be to yell at him and get mad because he let the hair get all over the couch rather than just put the blanket there. But I didn't do that because it, like I said, I'm perfectly well aware that he just didn't even notice. And it's not because he's lacking or he's less than me as a woman and I'm better than him. It's just the way we are. And so if you accept that, there's literally no disappointment. There's no expectation for you to be like me. That's what I'm trying to say. Number four, they rely on love alone. I think this is another aspect of modern marriage that we, ju we just don't give enough credit to in understanding that people didn't expect back in the day that love was all you needed to make a marriage work. And again, this goes back to number one, probably, because people understood what marriage was in a way that we don't today. Obviously, you want to love the person that you marry. And I think it's safe to say most people, when they say I do, do love the person or you wouldn't be standing up there. But that's not going to make a marriage for 40 years last because your feelings of love are going to ebb and flow. And so you can't count on it. What's going to get you through when you're not feeling it for the person because you're mad or because you're um, things aren't going well or because, you know, there's some catastrophe that goes on or whatever it is that makes it so that your feelings 
toward that person change for that moment. Um, if you don't have something else keeping you going, it's going to fall apart. It's just too flimsy to rely just on love. And nobody gets that message. No young people get that message because they're just getting all the, you know, uh, what do you call it? The notebook, you know, that kind of um, version of, of love and marriage and as, assuming that that's, that's going to cut it. And in, in, even when they had those love stories back in the day, they were tempered by realistic advice, certainly if not from the culture, from parents. Parents would pass on much more, you know, you need to make sure um, he or she is A, B, C, D. You know, does he have, um, or do you have the same religion? How do you view money? Um, there's just practical matters that need to be considered equal to or above even the the concept of love or the feeling of love. The, the love is a given. You're going to love them. But do you have these other things in place? So the idea that you can rely on love alone is a big um, misconception that I don't think I don't think we stop young people and say, hey, here are the other factors you have to consider. And that doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily not get married over it if you warn them. This is sort of like the red flags uh, episode that I did last week. But you still have an obligation to to point it out. Otherwise, you're going to feel, you know, like you neglected to do so down the line, which and then and you are you are you're you know, you're you're responsible for trying to help your kids, you know, in terms of steering them in the right direction. OK, number five. Here's another one that gets virtually no attention. So many women end up marrying the wrong man because they find themselves up against the clock. This is really. Again, this is so not PC because the idea, of course, the status quo is for that women aren't supposed, the people, but especially women, aren't supposed to even think about marriage until their 30s. The idea of getting married in your 20s is so not normal today with the, um, you know, with the, uh, with the culture, with the media, that there's no discussion about the fact that as you get older and you start to get that baby fever and you will 99% of you will not everybody, but most that baby fever is going to color the way you, you decide things. When you are meeting somebody around the age of 30, you're going to look at him differently than you would at say 23, 24 when you're not feeling up against the clock. And so your ability to judge the situation better and to be more objective is obviously going to be stronger earlier on. Of course, that gets into making an argument for earlier marriage, which I do do. I'm not going to do it today, but I have done it and I will do it again and explain exactly what I mean by earlier marriage because it's not necessarily you have to be more specific about, you know, what I mean by that. But essentially just not to wait and put it off into your 30s and think that, being up against the clock like that is not going to negatively affect your decision-making because it will. There's just no way it can't. And I see it all the time in my coaching. Women who've married, you know, have made poor choices simply because they wanted a baby. That's really what it comes down to. And it's, it's not what you want to do. Um, it, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't mean you're doomed if you do, but it does mean you are um, fighting against something that's bigger than you should for your marriage. Number six. 
our anti-male culture undermines respect for men. So obviously any couples who are, who have been raised in this very anti-male anti-marriage culture in the last 20, 25 years, whether they realize it or not is going to have this view of men that is not respectful. It's not, it really doesn't come from a place of equality at all. It comes from a place of superiority. And when you, when you, when you're, constantly told that men are toxic or less than or not doing their share at home or all of these horrible messages, they're going to get into your psyche and you're going to somehow look at him and men differently. And this is going to negatively affect your marriage. I mean, there's, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And if you're surrounded by women who also dis men or talk in the way that the culture does, that's even worse. So they're, women in particular are up against this culture that is not helping them in the least. And that's another aspect of modern marriages that makes them either fail or be far more um, conflict-ridden. Number seven, not understanding the value of sacrifice or delayed gratification. So this isn't entirely new. I'd say this is over the last 30 years because even when I wrote my first book, I talked a lot about sacrifice and delayed gratification. And it's a very, um, it's a subject that is sorely, sorely lacking in modern America. In order to really understand what that means, you have to really throw yourself into um, old movies, let's say, or films or programs that show what that really looks like. And of course, that generally means any, 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 convert, any, um, sorry, any story about war would be a great example. I was fortunate to have been raised by parents who were born in 1922 and 1930. And they were very much affected by the, the Great Depression, or at least my mother's family was. And so that whole concept of sacrifice and delayed gratification was just in my parents. And it was passed on to me in the way they parented. Um, if you didn't get that, if you were children of baby boomers or, or whoever your parents were, and they didn't live that way or teach that, certainly you're not getting it from the culture. So really, where are you going to get it? And then what happens is you attempt to be married, which is going to require sacrifice, no question about it. You're going to be you're going to struggle, because you don't have any framework for that, or you don't have any practice with that. And when you're up against it, instead of having the tools to work your way through it, you will undoubtedly have a lot of conflict in your marriage as a result because somebody's got to um, appreciate and understand the value of sacrifice and it can't always be one person doing it. So that's another, another problem with modern marriage. Number eight. I know there's a lot. Isn't this terrible? It is terrible. That's why I wanted to focus on this because it, the issue is just so big. Number eight, lack of maturity. That kind of goes without saying. I mean, we, we, we know that people are taking both men and women at least 10 years longer to grow up <laughs> than any other generation in history. I mean, you can even see the um, images or yeah, of people who were in their early 20s, let's say in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 1920s, they look significantly older than today's average 20 something, right? That's because they were, they, they're the way they dressed mirrored the way they thought. And this goes back to sacrifice and delayed gratification. They grew up during wartime. They have a completely different view of 
of, of the world and on how to behave and think within it. And so that maturity is what allowed them to handle marriage, in my opinion, in a way that people don't today. It's just, it's too um, self-focused. Um, and as a result of that, you don't mature. And, and if you're not mature, you're not going to be able to handle something as big as marriage. Marriage requires massive maturity, um, which is sorely lacking. Number nine, hookup culture causes a trail of pain and heartache in women, ruins their ability to bond. That's what I wrote here. So that's the other aspect of hookup culture that, um, that we don't, uh, pay much attention to or talk much about. And that is that by the time you've done that for so many years, you've racked up an extreme amount of heartache and disappointment that you are invariably going to bring into your permanent relationship. So if you've engaged in hookup culture, you ha in any big way, you have just made it a thousand times harder to, to be married because it's very hard to commit to somebody for a life, for a lifetime, when you've given your heart away so many times before. And the idea that sex is just sex and you could have just quote unquote had sex like a man um, is crap. I mean, that's just crap. Uh, yes, it is capable. Yes, men are more capable of having sex. I'm not arguing for it in any way, shape or form. We certainly don't raise my, uh, we don't raise our son and daughter any differently when it comes to sex. But the the fact remains is that biologically men, yes, they are able, more able to spread their seed, so to speak, and walk away from it unscathed in a way that women can't. I feel very strongly about that. I've written about that. And you can get mad about that all you want, but take that up with God or Mother Nature. I didn't make the rules. It's just the way that it is. And so you're racking up all this stuff that you're bringing to the table when you do get married. And that's going to make marriage harder. 10. So many young people today are products of divorce. So many. I, it's to the point where I always feel like, gosh, isn't it more, more people are products of divorce than, than not. And the idea that those folks are supposed to know how to be married is crazy to me. It's just crazy. I don't understand how we can not get that a person who's never seen what a good marriage looks like is supposed to know how to do it. Uh, that that bag that boggles my mind, which is not to say that people who whose parents didn't get divorced modeled a a great marriage either. There's plenty of people whose parents were married and and did not model anything good. So I'm not discounting those, but I the reality is we do have a divorce culture that that didn't exist 30, 40 years ago, and that those numbers are big, and I don't understand why we would expect them to know what they're doing. Of course they're shooting blanks. And so um, to think that being a product of divorce isn't going to affect, like the fact that you shouldn't, nobody says, you know, make sure that when you marry that person, you know, find out if his parents were married. Um, but, but we should, because it doesn't mean you shouldn't necessarily marry them, but is that person recognizing um, the lack of skills that they have um, as a result of that. And is he or she willing to learn them, right? It's not, it's not, oh, well, you should, 
therefore not get married because you never saw it. No, it's what are you going to do with that? Are you open and willing and accepting and understanding that you're shooting blanks? And are you willing to get help? That's really what it comes down to. So I guess you could call that self-awareness. Number 11, um, materialism. This kind of goes back to number one, though. Money and fame over love is what I put in my notes here, which is basically just, it really is just a repeat of number one. Um, because we're such a materialistic culture and we focus in on individual um, accomplishments and accolades, we're, we're, we're getting away from, again, what the purpose of marriage is. And so if you are a materialistic person, the more materialistic you are, the harder time you're going to have being married. And that's true even if you marry a rich person. It's just because the way you're handling things and the way you, what your needs are and the way you're approaching it is not really um, commensurate with what marriage is supposed to be. It's not about um, riches and wealth. And so that's why so many marriages fall apart of the rich and the wealthy or the, the rich and the famous or whatever, um, because their priorities are all screwed up. Number 12, a decline in religion. That's kind of, again, self-explanatory. There's been a massive decline in religion over the last 30 years to the point where, I don't know, I think in a matter of another 10, 15 years, it's, I think it's almost going to be, um, a very small and silent, well, I want to say majority, not majority, minority of people who are still actively religious. And that's unfortunate because religion is something that certainly was always applied to marriage. I mean, you've probably seen these marriages today, these modern marriages where they're not only, they're not only not taking place in a church, they're not even taking being taken place by a member of the clergy. They're getting people to marry them that are like their family members or friends. It's it's so devoid of meaning. I, I can't get my head around it at all. But it's really exempt. It explains how far things have changed in a very short period of time. Just a couple of decades. I'm going to say 20 years maybe since this has been going on. Maybe not even that long. 15 years. But when you're there at these weddings, they're just literally devoid of God in any way, shape or form, you can just almost feel how, um, how much weaker the, the marriage is going to be. I think that's safe to say. And the last but not least, number 13, social media. I save this one for last because it's the most pressing, I think, and the most damaging. I have yet to do a whole podcast episode on the damaging effects of social media in marriages and relationships, but I should, um, and I will. Um, I'm not the, I would, I'll need to have a guest on because I'm not the person to get into all the details of this, uh, but it's bad. I know it's bad. I see it in my coaching practice. I read it. You read it. You know, as well as I know, you see it with your kids. I mean, there's just no getting around the massive, massive um, poison that social media has become in marriages and relationships. There's so many angles to it from from more the more innocuous, you know, spending too much time on your phone rather than looking at your partner eye to eye without any distractions to porn use to looking up old lovers to seeing what other people are doing and comparing your life to theirs to I mean, the list goes on and on, which is why I say we really need a whole podcast on this. But social media has unquestionably 
unquestionably makes modern marriages fail and or struggle. These are all huge things. They are, they're huge. I mean, 13 reasons is a lot of reasons. And I recognize that as I'm, as I was putting it together, I didn't even almost want to put the list so long because it feels so overwhelming. Um, but, but the reality is that's where we are. That's what's happening. And we have to address it. We have to talk about it. We have to figure it out because if marriage continues to go down this, this path that it's on, we are screwed. We are screwed. And so that requires looking directly at what the hell has happened and what we're going to do about it. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in the Facebook search bar, the Suzanne Venker show. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.